you. I'm going to be on time this week. Are now about to witness the awesome crushing a might of the U.S. Robinson Show. Stop show that seemingly sort of kind of never ends because i'm in control of the horizontal i'm in control of the vertical i'm your host eugene s robinson this is b five eight you got that that looks like b five three but what i did i guess that should be v five eight eight here let me do this five and it's all about how the drugs are so much better than you expect them to be sometimes. Courtesy of ESPN Plus. But first, the immortal words of Bob Riley singing for Stigmata on their record, Calling of the Just. The song is called Intro, All of Nothing. Available from Revelation Records in Huntington Beach, California, where they hit your car with a hammer. Buy it now online. Revelation Records, Sigmata, Intro, All Nothing is a song. The record is calling it a just. But first, the words of wisdom from Bob Riley. I'm taking a real good look at you. I'm taking a real good look at your face. So being paid back in full, always nothing. Well, my friends, this is V58. Let's just jump right into it. Let me get the let me get the uh, the uh, listener, the viewer donated ball. Thanks for Roma Raider for digging down deep. And uh, and I also need to thank th those of you who have gone to patreon.com slash the stomper and donated. You don't have to, but you did anyways. And that was cool. It can be as little as a dollar. If you don't think that helps, you're exactly 100% wrong. So thank you, those of you who, uh, who have done it. I've been real fucking busy this past week. I didn't get this chance to send you your double. Uh, most of you, for a, certain, for a certain level, let's see if this thing is working. For a certain level, I have promised to send you uh, the double audio book of the fight book, Fighter, Everything You Ever Want to Know About Asking, but I'm afraid to get your ask for asking. And uh, and those of you at the $10 level, of which there are a few, I call you and talk to you. So far, it's happened. Even if you're overseas, I don't give a overseas from where, from me, I don't give a shit. I'll call you on my own dime. We'll talk about whatever. There's a catch, of course. The catch is I call you when I think it's time. Not when you think it's time, so I might catch you when you're sleeping, but that's okay by me. Uh, I think for the lower level, you get Skull Game T-shirt and the audio book for the for the fight thing. I'll get my shit together maybe next weekend and sit down and package everything up and send it out. It's simple, but not so simple for me. Anyway, V58, and let me tell you a weird thing. I'm going to pull the curtain back a little bit behind the screens. I was in a great mood about six hours ago and then i got here I, i'm not gonna go into it because you don't care yeah yeah you know you act like you don't care you don't care shoulder your burden without complaint i'm not really complaining but it ties into the show so i've told i don't know if i've mentioned this to anyone at, at, uh, i mentioned it the other day i don't know remember who i was talking to and i said listen 
I've written a piece for Ozzy on on the on the uh, outrage culture. Outrage. If you type in outrage umbrage, the piece comes up, and it it elicits. You know, we have predatory centers of our brain, and it, it things that things that this is why we like action movies. The predator prey access in our limbic system makes it so that we get excited on a in a really base elemental level about this. Our bodies are confused about whether it's real or it's the depiction of the real or a fantasy projection of what could be the real. Sometimes our brains, our physiological response indicates that our bodies are not knowing the difference and we have a need for it to attack and flee or flee and attack secure. These are all part of our primordial but still present makeup, right? So uh, the outrage culture, I'll tell you my typical morning. I get up, I take a piss, put my clothes on, take a shit, eat a drink a shake, take some aspirin. Typically during the shit portion of the morning, I sit down with my phone on the toilet with something I never swore I would do. I'm sure you all do it. And I start going through the news headlines or Facebook alternatively. And I find that before I've gotten my ass off that toilet, I've got five pieces at, at base minimum. Five pieces that are to excite my limbic system. Because the big brains at Facebook have figured out that people, it's a motivator for people. So, but it breeds a real kind of unidimensionality to our understanding of reality. I'm paranoid enough as it is. I don't need it. I'm not talking about willful obtuseness at all. I'm talking about absent news input, absent social media, your day would probably proceed apace with nary a wrinkle. But by the time you set foot out of your door, before you've gotten on your bus, your bike, a skateboard, or a train, you got five pieces of shit in your head. You are what you eat. So whether it's a story about the second suicide out of the Park, Parkland High School, or it's some other bit of agita, which is why we have the present president. Don't shut down on me if you're a Trump guy right now. He is a symptom of the age or an evidence of the age where everybody, like somebody described him as Fox viewers, as your Fox viewing grandpa. You can't tell me, you cannot tell me and have me believe by any stretch of the imagination that that bottled umbrage and outrage fueled his rise to power. People feel like there's an old Robert Crumb thing of Robert Crumb with his hand on somebody's shoulder. And it's like, Robert Crumb, friend of the common man. And he's got his hand on the guy's shoulder. It's like, you deserve better, pal. And the guy's like, yeah, I deserve better. You know what? Deserve? Stephen Wonderboy Thompson said he deserved a title shot because he's the best fighter in the world. I tweeted that out before I knew what the outcome was. We call it in literary terms, we call it foreshadowing. So like the guy or not like the guy, you know, it's a symptom of the age, the huffing. And I'm not just, this is not restricted to him. This is everybody, the huffing, the puffing. One of you got pissed off with me. One of you commenters got pissed off with me because you had a comment and I didn't respond to it what you, you, you thought quickly enough. And I just stopped, stepped out of the outrage arena in the same way that 50 Cent in that movie, Get Rich or Die Try and stopped that guy at the party and goes, do you know where you are? But I stepped out of it a little bit nicer. I go, are you okay? The last person who put it that way was Kevin Weeks, right-hand man of Whitey Bulger. And uh, he had gone out to a drug dealer, was not doing what he was supposed to do. He said, drive me over there. They found the guy. Said, I want you to deal in this neighborhood. I told you, he goes, hey, man, what? And Kevin shot him in the leg. And as they're driving away, the guy driving is freaking out. And Kevin finally says, hey, man, you okay? And the guy said, oh, man, you shot that guy. He goes, I said, are you okay? Because if I need to make you okay, I can do that. 
and the guy got it finally. He was like, no, 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 I'm okay. So I wasn't. It wasn't with that degree of gravitas. I asked the guy, "Are you okay? Are you seriously offended that I didn't respond quickly enough to your comment?" And then the guy kind of both he stepped. He came with me and stepped outside of the the, the outrage arena. It was like, "Fuck, man, I'm fuck sorry, man. My medication is fucked up. I'm just sorry." And I was like, "Cool." I don't like having heart-to-heart talks in a relationship. In that way, my spectrum disorder probably probably does me a disservice. All those, you know, those heart-to-heart talks that you have to have with your love, I fucking hate them. I'll talk to you about anything forever, but those heart-to-heart things where we have to have the special time set aside for feelings, forget it. I don't like it coming from a lover. I don't like it coming from a dude. And I certainly don't like to do it myself. But we've we've intimized, that's a made-up word, made intimate, private space publicly. So though I know I'm framing this in the form of a complaint, I understand that. My complaint is macro, and it's about these micro-complaints. You will read people's postings who have nothing but better to say or, to, or nothing better to contribute to the conversation other than, I was behind the line. I was behind a guy at Hardee's trying to get a hamburger, and that guy was a piece of shit. Don't need that. So now I am only responding to comments and commentary on Facebook, Twitter, social media, or real life that amuse me. Now, that's all not up with people. That's all not Disneyland because I'm amused by a wide variety of things. But things that are designed black rooms, you know, gray gray walled cells out of which there is no no escape or 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 firelight other than the fire the bright firelight of outrage. I'm done with it. I'm done with it. I have this realization and no sooner than I have this realization than I get drawn into some other drama personal drama today. So I'm telling you why I, I how I went from being in a good mood to being in a bad mood. And it's not even that the person who was talking to me was was a bad guy. I like the guy. He's a good guy. And he's got some problems that he believed I could help him with. But his problems were a burden to me. And then people connected to me. There's an accretion. So even without the shit that comes in over the phone, any uh, anything that comes over this phone adds to it. Five pieces of shit in my head before I've left the toilet. You have to figure out why, <clears throat> and it's not news organs, aggregators, Google, why the algorithm feels a need to introduce me to an eight-month-old who was beaten to death by her mother's boyfriend versus the nine-year-old who was killed by her mother and jammed in the duffel bag against two suicides in Parkland, a plane crash because of fucking Boeing negligence, and then some Howard Schultz bullshit popping his mouth up. Why are these the five stories that greet me in my day? Who wants me to see these stories? Oh, Eugene, is based on the algorithm, based on your past reading habits, says you. I'm being manipulated from the outset to feel a certain way. Now, a lot of times I've been in situations where I have a partner and my partner is depressed and my partner wants me to recognize their depression. But I'm a, I got a sunny fucking disposition. So what I'm waiting for is if my partner can frame their discontent in a sentence, a paragraph, phrase, phraseology that makes sense to me, then we got something then we are engaged. The Hitlerian three types of secrets, the kind that you keep from me, the kind that we share, and the kind about future events as yet unknown. If you're keeping it from me, it becomes your problem, and I'm not going to draw you out. I don't get paid for that. You share it with me, then we can decide about future events as yet unknown.
but these five fucking pieces of shit poured into my head before I've even waken up. In the old days, I would have grabbed a newspaper and a magazine. I would have had a greater choice. Who is making the decision about, about start my day off like that? And how is it ever possible that I'm going to dig myself out of that hole? Don't know. Anyway, the point is, I was in a good mood as, as a result of UFC fight night, whatever it is, 140, I got the B. What did I say? Let me, let, let me look for a second. I should know this. Uh, I should know it. And uh, hold on. No, 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 I know you're dumb. Don't write me and tell me. It's like brain quicken. I got to strengthen my mind. Uh, uh, oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Hold, hold on. <laughs> I'm blowing it so massively. I'm, I'm in for a penny. I'm in for a pound. I don't care. Uh, what is it? Is it going to come up? UFC fight night. Oh, wow. This is like macro. I'm watching me do me on my phone. This is great. UFC 148. Okay, I'll just turn it off because that maybe that's how I can see your comments. UFC fight night 148. Now, I didn't expect anything. If you remember, uh, Steph bested me by one this week, um, but I couldn't have gone any other way with that. I, yeah, I'm nothing if not loyal. Had to pick Justin Willis despite my – belief that he maybe wasn't going to pull it through in the way that he did not pull it through. But uh, I had to. W- wouldn't have done it any other way. But um, so she she had, I, I gave her her due. I said, hey, just act like you've been there before. You act the way. I know you've had a run of bad luck against my especially prescient picks. But you just have to act like you've been there before because you're going to be back to losing next week. So you might as well enjoy this moment in time. And she laughed and we just recorded uh, we just recorded. Actually, you know, I was in a good mood when we recorded the Care I Don't Care preview, which you guys will see Tuesday afternoon. So it was something that happened between then. Oh, I know what it was. We'll get into it later. But in any case, coming into that fight, UFC Nashville, UFC Fight Night 178, or whatever it was, <laughs> whatever it was, I, I had a, um, I think I had three or four cares on the card. Out of a 13-fight card, that's not a glowing endorsement. If you have a 13-question quiz and you get four right, you're going to fucking uh, 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 McDonald's to work. You're not yeah, – that's kind of pejorative. That's kind of shitty. You're, you're, you're selling oranges. Nah, that's kind of shitty too. You're a dummy. How about that? Just to say that. You know, when I was in elementary school, we had a field trip to McDonald's. And I went to a good elementary school. Whose idea was a field trip to McDonald's? <laughs> there are the fries. They're the hamburgers. And the funny thing is, at eight years old, like the teenagers at work, they seem like grown-ups to you. The 16, 70-year-olds who work there, or the 20-year-olds that work there. I was like, wow, man, you work at McDonald's. And for a brief moment in time, those people who worked at McDonald's felt like they were the shit. There wasn't any any of that any of that crap that went along with it, like you know the Dave Chappelle skit, the guy who's working in McDonald's, you know, to the amusement and you know, smell like fries and you know people in his neighborhood are dying because he keeps giving them fatty hamburgers. No, nah, I guess they felt for that moment in time like this was a job, like shit. Kids look up to me, not because you had a job, but this just seemed like a cool job. They didn't realize it was a shit job. It's a job. How's it become shorthand for a shit job? I don't know. So uh, four out of 13. But what was interesting about this and the point that I made on the, on the Care Don't Care preview, even though it's supposed to be forward looking, we've been touching on our past picks because that's what we do on the show. One of you has complained about, about Steph uh, uh, being too nice to me. So fortunately, uh, uh, John Nash was on. He's not nice to me at all. So you can listen to this one Tuesday afternoon. So I didn't expect much at all, but what I got, you know, it's like those 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 tests: uh, underperforms, performs, overperforms, you know, or exceeds, you know, exceeds, meets, or fails to meet expectations. This exceeded expectations, which are very low. I cared about four fights on the card. That's how low they were. But more important than this, two things, significant things happened 
in MMA. And if you were napping, you didn't see it. The ESPN deal has changed things, has changed the game in a really fundamental way. One, I went into this fight, UFC National, UFC Fight Night, without a very overridingly positive outlook. And I'm choosing my words very carefully. Mm, my teeth hurt. Thanks, jujitsu. Mm. But more importantly, I'm going to go with the macro, the structural issue. ESPN Plus has allowed me to take a fight. It's, it, it's indulged the worst aspect of my fight addiction. Because if I had to try to get my ass in front of a TV, and it doesn't mean that much to you guys who, uh, who have TVs, but you understand I'm what they call a cord cutter. Not only do I, I, don't, I don't have TV. I'm not, I don't have a TV in the house. I haven't had TV in 22 years. People hand me their chat. I don't know how to use it. I'm in a hotel room. I got no idea how to fucking use that TV. If somebody who knows how to use a TV, like somebody under 30, runs out of the room, I'm fucked. So if UFC Nashville, if I had to bust my ass to try to hermit crap my way to somebody's house to watch it, or was relying on fight pass or some shit like that, I wouldn't have seen it. Mr. B would have to help me out. ESPN Plus. Not only could I get the entire fight on my phone, which means I was untethered. I'm sitting on the couch, like kind of watching, and I got shit to do. I go, I'll wait till a commercial. Wait till a commercial. I can go in the bathroom. I can empty the garbage. I can take it. I got in the car and ran errands and had it. Was I looking at the phone while driving? You bet I was. Hey, you know what? Roads are not for walking. Get the fuck out. There's a sidewalk for that. Oh, that music's loud out there. I should have turned it down. Too late for that. So what ESPN Plus has done, it, is, it has lowered the bar to, it, to in using the drug. It's like the problem with crack. Now, people abuse the fuck out of cocaine, but look at the history. Look at the late 70s. You know who was abusing the fuck out of cocaine? Rich people. Because cocaine was expensive. Ten years from 1977 to 1987, you know who was abusing cocaine? Poor people. Because crack made it so that you could get a hit for $5. How long do you have to stay on the street catching change? before you come up with $5 and another hit. ESPN Plus is that crack. It's lowered the, it's lowered the degree of difficulty to getting the fights to, to $4.99 a month. I understand it would be more with the pay-per-view. Doesn't matter. I'm not fucking calling 55 million people so I can go over to their houses while they talk to me. It's nice that people want to talk to me. But I got to listen to the fights as well as watch the fights. That's the way I got to do it. Even if I didn't do the show, that's the way I got to do it. I understand there's social events for a lot of people. I don't talk at the movies either. though. So that's the one genius thing they do. The other genius thing that, the, that that's happened is when you lower the degree of difficulty in obtaining the drug so it's so low and it's easy to get, the the actual play of the drug there's a dynamism built into it for this fight at least that was very perfect all you need is a, a main and a co-main that don't stink up the whole joint now a lot I, I watched every single fight now a lot of the fights i didn't care about which means i expected zero and didn't ha, had zero cares and expected zero were actually pleasing fights. Under normal circumstances, I would have gone, ah, you know, unanimous decision, fuck that. But some of them, like uh, uh, Brian Moffitt, that guy's now a care, was a not care. I saw it. I would never have given a shit about that fight. Saw it. People move from care to don't care or don't care to care. It happens. But there was a nice 
if you had to chart it out, a nice arc to the fight. A really nice arc to the fight. And by which I mean there was a dynamic built into it that was really pretty perfect. Just the right amount of trash talk, Justin Willis's, but the fact that it wasn't returned, that Curtis Blades felt no need to be, it's not my shtick. I'll catch you afterward, which he did. But beforehand, well, whatever, man. There was a lot of good sportsmanship, competitive stuff. The only thing that really stunk up the joint and threatened, that made me feel like I was somewhere else, was the McDessie fight. And the, the thing, great funny thing about the McDessie fight, I was in transit then. I think something something else had happened. I had to lift something. Or I was, you know, with, mm, ah, Jesus Christ. Yeah, yeah, the wife likes to move furniture. Usually my back of my hand is swollen. I think something smashed into it. But So the actual product, the, 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 the grain, the grain of the drug is really fine and dynamic. Now, some of you just t- tweeted me about the comment that the bald one made, dumbass comment about Anthony Pettis doing what the Anthony, uh, what, what uh, uh, Tyron Woodley couldn't do. He goes, this is guy, how the fuck what are you shitting on the producers of your product why and you know what a lot of times a lot of times let me let me put this way a way that is maybe the most gracious way i can think of putting it how stupid do you think the bald one could be given the nature of organizations and still come out with a win How stupid. Because you do understand that underneath him, you have people who are trying to put kids through colleges, people who are trying to pay mortgages on houses, people who are paying notes on their cars, and who do not want to stop doing that. In other words, how bad does a CEO have to be to completely tank his company? How reckless can you get? How reckless can you get before everything under you screeches to a halt? Well, we've seen it. Guy's got multiple, take a guy who's got multiple bankruptcies. I'm looking at George W. Bush and a few others. There's failing upward and they're succeeding upward. Give me a person who succeeds upward better than a person who fails upward. But people who fail upward kind of give me a certain thrill too. It's like if you get paid to mop and you do no mopping, in my mind, you're a rich man. Hustler, operator. But it doesn't matter. There was a good dynamism built into this and going into the fight, oh my God, the 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 the, ah, the, 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 the wood the wood piley genius of, of, of Stephen Wonderboy Thompson. And you know what? What I what I'm stop, I don't like, and I don't mean to frame this by, by way of a complaint, but I do want to say that I don't like whoever's putting together the video packages uh, for the UFC, you have to ignore you have to ignore the whistles in your ear, you know, to give us more of that. Give us more. Because I don't like I don't like these these things I'm having to hear about McDonald's his brother committing suicide and plant don't don't try to tilt the hand. It's like a three card Monty guy telling me all about oh, find the red find the red you know red red's brother killed itself you know and then red has had a real struggle and his father's but and no, I don't that's I don't I don't care don't care don't care because you don't do it for both people but you kind of do but. Like I got to know the long and oft told story about Pettis's father and the tough neighborhood and that I understand you're trying to build. If you didn't do it, I would probably complain. But how are you supposed? To, how are we supposed to have a connection to your product if your product is faceless and chain and and, and and fungible? So, but I don't like I don't like the aggressive. I don't aggressive attempts to sell me on somebody makes me feel like I'm being fucking manipulated. I don't like it. I just start to shut down. 
So Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, okay, he's 17 and three or 70 to four, and his father and the father's dreams and my coach, he's the best guy. I'm the best in the world. I deserve a shot, you know. Yes, yeah, would they put himself in the position he is in? He'd be far more respected if he would just shut the fuck up. Generally, that's pretty much. But now he's, uh, you guys are calling him Misty this week. He's not. He knows exactly where he is, and that's why he's talking to keep his name in the conversation. I said he would be much more effective if he pulled an Achilles and just kept his mouth shut. You know, don't do a Stipe, but, you know, just let them, you know, people know where you are. But there's a danger with a guy like that, that if he's quiet too long, too hard, that just go, cool, he's quiet, fuck him. So he doesn't want to be a keening, whining, outraged Stipe, but he doesn't want to be a fucking Achilles either, sitting by his tent, refusing to communicate. Calling out, dude, made a lot of sense. I need help. You need help. It could be that I'm the most important person to you right now. And I'm talking vis-a-vis McNuggets. Because if you haven't figured out that McNuggets, if you haven't figured out that McNuggets is on some fucking panic, frantic shit, you should really be thinking about things along those lines. He's trying to spackle over. I don't give a shit if Fallon, Fallon had to be the first one to call him. Why? Fallon is, is, is beta land now. I think he's being bested by Colbert. I think it's Colbert, uh, uh, Fallon, Kimmel. I think that's the order. But this guy, anybody who's anybody who's paying attention has heard the fucking whispers. You know, it's easy for Fallon to kind of do a little dibble, little dabble do you, little dabble do you. But he, what do you got? And you got to understand that, you know, you held Baldwin to the fire, even outside of whatever happened to that Irish sports star and the anal rape charge. I didn't say, I just said Irish sports star. I could be any Irish sports star and it could be any anal rape charge. Despite that, you do realize that you had some dudes out by the woodshed who are fucking not the kind of cats who forget about being out by the woodshed. Predator, prey, limbic system. So Thompson is doing all this misty as fuck shit. Like, oh, I'm the best, I'm the best, I'm the best. You know, I needed my uh, title. And it was almost an afterthought, a joke. I mean, I wasn't even interested in this fight. And my disinterest continued the first round, but I had a, a, a moment of fight foreshadowing. And it happened courtesy of Fitzgerald, who said, or no, DC, who said, you know, every time you start to fight, they tell you, you punch and you bring your hands back to cover your face. But, you know, something about the karateka, he comes back with his hands to his hips. And I remember thinking, there's nobody who knows anything about fighting, real fighting, who thinks that's a good idea? Now you, there are probably guys out there who like, you know, like the horse stance and overhead blocks and, you know, katas. Who are like, oh no, 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 that's fine. So keep it racked up, protect your ribs, whatever, man. I'm looking at that. I go, it's a bad idea. I guess he thinks I'm fast enough and I have enough reach on this guy that before dude gets in. I can adjust and counter-strike. Hey, well, that didn't work. And he said he didn't remember anything. He, he was out. He was eerily reminiscent of, of Darren Till. Sorry, my leg is killing me. Eerily reminiscent of Darren Till. Eerily. He was conscious sooner. But the video that I tweeted out, you can see him say, I don't remember anything until I woke up in this bed and I saw Chris Weidman standing next to me. Oh, bro, you yourself don't know what you yourself just said. Do you know how many of us for how many of us that would be 
a horror to end all horrors. If I wake up and see, forget about if I a night of sleep. If I'm in any kind of a bed and open my eyes and Chris Weidman is standing there, I know I'm done. I don't know what I did to deserve it, but I'm fucking done. Like the log lady in Twin Peaks, if, if Wyden was standing there with a cord of wood under his arm, the picture couldn't be more complete. And I'm liking Pettis. Now people say, people, those of you with memories will say, I ain't, hey, Mr. Robinson, I can't, I can't remember you saying something a long time ago about dude being in the Lost Battalion. What about, well, the funny thing about the Lost Battalion is it exists in your weight category, right? It's not macro Lost Battalion. If Junior Dos Santos were to say, you know what? Cain Velasquez is healthy. I'm never going to get by him. I'm going to drop the weight and fight light heavy. Much like the story of OJ when Jay-Z says, OJ says he's not black, he's OJ. Pause, 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 pause. Okay. It's like Jimmy the Gent and Goodfellas after the shine box scene. He goes, you're being a little disrespectful. I wasn't trying to have a good time. He goes, okay. Okay. That's a corollary to a look that people in your corner give each other when you say some misty shit and they kind of, you're going to tell them, you're going to tell them. Okay. So you can only be lost battalion in your weight category because it's a, even though that's a misty attack, you can have success. Like Nick Diaz at one point said, I'll fight you. And he gave four different weight categories. And you goddamn know he was telling the truth. I am willing to change my weight to fight you wherever you want to have this fight. As a Nick Diaz thing, Diaz thing at one point. Yeah, 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 of course. Wait for Pettis to face a good wrestler. In my view, he will be competitive against a striker, not a wrestler in that weight class. Exactly. And he had nothing to – this was a perfect fight for him. He had nothing to fear uh, from Thompson on the ground. At one point, they said he should be using his kicks. He's not using his kicks. They didn't really need him. I mean, he was, he was using kicks, inside kicks. So Pettis – at his at, at, by way of a Hail Mary, which also bespeaks to him understanding exactly where he is. Staying in your weight category and talking about getting a championship shot, misty as fuck. Assessing things, moving to another weight category to take a run, shows an incredible situational awareness, makes you not lost battalionized in the weight category you're going to. If you never return, if you never return to the to the to the weight category that you were in when you were lost battalionized, you haven't escaped the lost battalion. You've succumbed to it. Pettis came in with absolutely fucking nothing to lose except the fight. But you know he had to be like with a dog with a bone. Like look at how is it, how is it possible that a guy who holds his hands this low is, uh, you know, he was counting on, what did, what did Thompson do well at one point in time? Styming a wrestler. Well, maybe I'm a better striker than this guy. Well, barely, just barely. So now, again, Thompson's situational awareness Can I go back and rethink all that shit? He's excused. In the in the run-up to the fight, he's excused for stuff. We call it fight foreshadowing. It's fine. What's he going to say before Wednesday? We have to reassess. We have to change weight classes? Possibility. Not really. Regroup? Okay. I mean, one of the geniuses, that when a guy's got a 15-0 record or something like that, it never smells right to me. But, you know, the genius of some of these fighters are not, are not the fights they fight, but the fights they take. 
like my spy said about Johnny Boney Joni, you got to understand, Johnny Boney jo Johnny Boney Joni is not taking fights he can't win. Watch how he picks his fights. Why do you think he never fought Rumble, the, the white beater Johnson? Tell me, don't, don't, don't get, lecture me about shit. The headlines, it's news. I, that was a statement of fact based on legal records. Was I there? I wasn't there. I just read the paper, get my daily fill of outrage and umbrage. No more. Only jokes. Only good news. Things that make me laugh. Which doesn't mean it's always good news. You know, there's a guy who might get run over by his own lawn, his own lawnmower. To many, that would be a sad story. To me, that would be hilarious. There's a woman who just got killed by two of her dogs. Sadly, these dogs are fucking pit bulls. They have been put in an enclosure by the ASPCA for attacking somebody. So they were doing this kind of aggression thing to see if the dogs were like bad dogs or they just had a bad day. And she went in to see her dogs. And then they were, hey, whatever happened to that chick who they kept? And they find the dogs had tear, torn her to pieces in the enclosure. And people are like, look, it's, you know, pit bulls are not bad dogs. They only have bad owners. But, oh, yeah? Go to Ozzy and read that piece, Eugene S. Robinson's piece about I killed my dog. It was a run to the litter. I used to breed them. It's a run to the litter. I kept him. Thought he was okay. He was never quite right, but, you know, kind of amusingly not right. My oldest daughter at that point was like a year old. Thank God when the dog flipped out, he flipped out on me. In the story I wrote, the dog latched onto my hand and wouldn't let go. So I pulled the knife that I have with me always out of my pocket and opened it because I thought the dog would be like a human, have a visual recognition, knife, danger. But it's a dog, right? Like he didn't understand that that was danger. So I go, I'm gonna stab him in the eye. But the eye is so human, I couldn't do it. But I did stab him in the body. One, two. Funny thing about stabbing somebody, it breaks the laws of you know, physics, what you're used to. Because my hand suddenly went a lot further than it would have been without the knife. Without the knife, I just push and the animal moves because I had tried to punch him off of my hand. With the knife, my hand just kept on going inside until it got warm. Five times, six. Finally, the dog let go and ran off. So what do I do now? I'm just giving you what, what I wrote about in the piece. The ending is what I didn't put in the piece. But I digress. You guys don't want this story. You don't want it. Let's get back to the fights because we got shit to cover in the last 15 minutes. So, um, so uh, uh, Pettis has got nothing. He's got nothing to lose. He's got nothing to lose in his new weight category. And he wins. And if he takes fights now that have him, like, uh, like my man uh, just suggested, has him fighting other strikers, he could get three or four fights out of this, a good run. Do it like a, I mean, if the ball, if Sean Shelby, also known as Keith, is paying attention, what you're doing is running a mini tournament. Match him against another game striker until you get the best striker. And then you met, and then you match the grapplers up against the, and then you can have, at the end of it, you will actually have an exciting fight. It's the only way that makes sense. You put, put him against a guy who's going to wrestle mug him. And then you got a boring fight, and you got a guy now who's back in the midst in a new weight division. It doesn't behoove anybody to have guys in a lost battalion. Do we take Chris Woodpile Weidman seriously now? No, we do not. That makes him a big question mark, a big query mark, if we're going to talk about him on a card in terms of profitability, which doesn't matter now because it's ESPN+. They're all profitable. But in terms of fight dynamic, well, at this point now, I don't imagine any fight being so low that I won't want to watch it via my phone in a place where I can watch it. I can watch it anywhere. 
I don't know how bad a fight would have. Maybe I won't be watching. Uh, well, you know, I love you should love King of the Cage and Gladiators Challenge, but I'm not watching local shows on my phone. I'm not going to sacrifice my Saturday for that. A game only. So right now, there's a long runway of possibilities for an Anthony Pettis, which did not exist two years ago. For Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, they're not that many. What he and his father might want to start thinking about is not life in the in, in the one through five, but more importantly, smart life in one through five, or five through ten, wherever he ends up after the rankings are readjusted. Styles make fights. Good fights make careers. Help yourself out now. Make some smart choices. Even though Thompson was my pick, the Vegas odds pick, the smart money pick, when fucking Pettis beat him, I was happy as shit. Because why? And this will tie into something I'm going to get into. That the whole predestination thing stinks. I understand if you say stuff that you'd like to be true, that's bravado. That's pre-fight buildup. Things that you want to be true. I want to win the lottery. I buy a ticket. I don't win the lottery. Is that risable? Not really. Just me being hopeful. But if I tell you, if I quit my job and start buying a bunch of shit because I'm going to win the lottery on Saturday, that's fucking laughable. And that is what Thompson did. Where's he going to go now? You think anybody wants to see him fight Woodley? He's very weirdly enough in the same position as Woodley. And Woodley thus far is outpacing him and making good decisions post-belt. Calling out McNuggets, another guy who's in desperate need of some, of some normalizing, normalizing shit right now. Good move. Good move. So a um, so uh, uh, so that fight's done. I got nothing else to say about it. It was really extremely pleasant and pleasing to me. Um, and I have to I have to go down to I have to talk about Justin Willis, and I have to try to do that in an honest way because he is a known associate. And this has to be the first time, actually, to step back a bit. It has to be the first time I've ever seen anybody knocked out with a Superman punch. I've often thought that was a jive-ass punch. More like a jab, more like a distancing thing, uh, setting the guy, backing him up just a little bit, but not one designed to do damage. Well, so, well things, what is that? Well, well wonders, never, wonders never cease to amaze. Curtis Blades and Justin Wilson. Justin Willis, you know, we used to train together. And I said a lot of stuff about his training. And what I knew that he didn't, what most I knew that most people didn't know was that he was good on the ground. But then I started to think after watching this fight, when did he train with us last? Well, he trained with us last eight years ago. What does that mean? Eight years ago, I was still a blue belt. I was 212 pounds to his 200 and 66 of course he seemed like a monster to me of course i had a better memory of his grappling than maybe existed since then i have gone as crazy as to go do jujitsu nine times a week now it's settled down on more sane six times a week i don't know what he's doing at aka but that shit was a setback of major proportion. He's not as entertaining as Derek the Black Beast Lewis, who also has not a well-rounded MMA game. Look, and, and also I'm going to have to say, I think the pre-fight buildup was misapplied. You were the rookie. Yes, you beat Mark Hunt. Yes, you were going into it. Curtis Blades never did anything to you. You didn't have to go to that fucking trash talk, that, that trash talk uh, uh, manual. Well, you know, he did, let's let's assume for a second that he did that it wasn't contrived. Let's assume for a second that it was genuine. 
that somehow this guy he had never met had gotten under it, put a bee in his bonnet, said some shit that irked him. Now, you know in the past I've not been any big uh, uh, fan of, of Blade. And, and the actual fact, I think I have to say that properly motivated, like he was in this instance, made Blades a much more exciting fighter. In other words, Justin Willis sacrificed himself. I don't say he did this on purpose, but he sacrificed himself in order to have a more exciting fight. He actually got the guy angry. And when Curtis Blades fought with emotional content, maybe bordering over into anger, he fought, it was a much more exciting, it felt to me very much like a, a like a schoolyard, a schoolyard scuffles put that mildly, a schoolyard beatdown. He's not been motivated like this before. And there are a lot of things that were annoying to him. It's like this rookie, rookie who's had a good run because he's, He's taking fights that were smart for him to take. And he's at AKA thinking he's Cain Velasquez when he's not going to slow my roll, chump me out, make me look like that. He finished that fight and he was on him right away. Learn how to, and, and let me tell you, taking big pretty and recasting it as big titty is genius and the kind of nickname that will fucking stick. That shit will bite. Now, whoever fights Justin Willis next, I don't suggest you do that. Take the page from the book of Eugene S. Robinson, the book of Cruel, and, and kill him with kindness. And do not be like the Florida man and pull out a machete that has kindness written on it. But that shit, if you guys had a, a guy's had a weight problem most of his life, and if I, That might bite a bit. Big titty. Funny as fuck. Best nicknames, funny as fuck, close to being true, hurtful, and unlikely to be shaken. So technically, this moves Curtis Blades up somewhere. I don't think it really does. I don't think he, under normal circumstances, he's a more exciting fighter. And I don't think he's credibly positioned to, to do much of anything to anybody else. But he is a good wrestler. And he won this fight legitimately, beat the fuck out of them. I mean, when you got scores like 30-27, 30-26, 30-25, that's a fucking dominant performance. And and Justin Wilson's not helping himself. He's had a couple stumbles and he hasn't looked that good. He's I'll come back better next time. I think pretty much he's in the position where he he needs to go away and come back in about a year. I know he wants to keep his name in the conversation, but people haven't forgotten his name and what they remember about his name at this point is, you know, a degraded stock. It's a hold. It's not a sell, not a buy, it's a hold. Uh, so uh, going down the list in the scant time we have next, McDessey and, uh, and Pineda, uh, who cares? Who cares? Uh, McDessey, uh, yeah, he won it, but it was... Uh, I picked the Silva against uh, Figueroa, and that was, uh, again, a, a weird fight. I, I called it for the Silva, but it was like you had one of these unidimensional fighters. Again, tournament style, he's a striker. And thought that yeah, at some point the, the clouds would part and that he would be able to get a nice, clean power shot in. That never happened. Why? Because this is mixed. Hey man, and noises, noises all over. Uh -huh. It's mixed martial arts, that's why. And to see a guy trucked out there who fundamentally doesn't understand it, is, it just irks him to me. So um, he was undefeated, not anymore. Luis Pena versus uh, Steven Peterson. Uh, you know, I, I, I don't remember it. That's it. I watched it and don't remember it. What does that say? You mean it was a good fight. Uh, yeah, okay, great. I just don't remember it. Sorry. I got a lot of things on my head. Macy Barber. Okay, this ties into where I want to tie in before. I might put this a little over. Macy Barber won. I hated her for winning. She seemed to embody the worst aspects of Ronda at the worst time. And I hate these people who come in, like I, like I said, I'm the care, don't care preview with a sense of predestination. Like me saying, I'm selling everything. 
quitting my job because I'm going to win the lottery. That's the most goddamn stupid thing any human being could have ever said. Until you win. That's a death cap. Fucking shit up. That's one of the worst things that could happen. So he came in and he's got the calm. I'm going to be the youngest UFC champ. I'm 20. And she's kind of got the body motions like she's been watching the U. I see guys. I've trained with guys. You can tell they pick up their shit. They're trying to, 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 they're trying to develop a style. You know what's, what, what fails most aggressively when you try to develop a style? You know what Bukowski has on his gravestone? Don't try. Maybe that's some latter-day Yoda shit. Don't try, do, but it's a good advice. Bukowski also said he's met more dogs with style than men with style. Why? Because dogs don't try. I've taken quite a few from the quite a few cues from the animal kingdom. If my dog runs out into the street and gets hit by a car and his leg gets broken so badly that they have to amputate my leg, that dog two weeks after his leg is fucking been cut off is not depressed about the leg he doesn't have. I met a guy who used to deliver newspapers. Fucking was driving along delivering newspapers, 19 years old. Somebody backing out of his driveway breaks his leg. He gets a cast put on. Summertime, hot in the cast, old style cast. He straightens a hanger and starts to use it to scratch his leg. Keeps complaining to the doctor. Doctor, my leg hurts, my leg hurts. The doctor's like, ah, fuck, he does it. They finally say, huh, there's a problem. They cut the cast off. Gangrene has set in. They had to amputate the guy's fucking leg. Now the guy is 20 and he's only got one leg. They amputated from the knee down. And so now the guy's head is full of what he can't do. I can't do this. I can't do that again. Two weeks after my dog got his leg amputated, my dog would be fine with it. We could learn something from the animal kingdom. So I don't trust people who haven't endured this law, any, any kind of loss. 20 years old. I remember being a fucking chucklehead at 20 years old. And you know what helped me? Getting my lower back ripped to fucking pieces on a leg press machine. That fucking helped. Crawling out of the gym because I couldn't use my legs from the uh, pushing up a huge amount of weight. It was probably just a muscle pull. I realized that. I had to attain mastery of the sport. So I see this 20-year-old aping shit that she's seeing the cage and, you know, doing this and all that. I just... I want you to lose so bad, so bad, because I want you to I want you to taste it. The full panoply of what life has to give you. So sorry. Call it the hater in me. I'm not gonna exult in her win. And especially Aldrich was doing great, and she just she, her quitting was a quitting of the spirit. Bryce Mitchell uh, is now my new my new care off this card. Screaming about Arkansas. He's like a Diaz, Southern Diaz, dug him, dug his shit. And Bobby Moffat was just kind of sleepwalking through it. People said, oh, Bobby Moffat did enough to. He did not. He did not. And I think that's about it. Marlon Vera, Frankie Sands, yeah, whatever. Uh, Jennifer Maya and Alexis Davis. Alexis Davis is a known associate. She works with uh, uh, Darren uh, Bonecrusher Uyunayomo, who's a friend of mine and a friend of Knuckle Up. But I think she lost his fight. And Jennifer Maya also moved from don't care to care. Easy to remember. That the same name as Damian Maya. And Rhonda Marcos defeated Angela Hill. Angela Hill, friend of Ozzy. Nice to me always. Did a piece on her for Ozzy. Uh, I guess she had bad blood with Rhonda Marcos. Um, I can't get too upset about this. If you had worked out, spent more time in your grappling, which apparently she had done, you could have beat that arm bar. Wrestlers are not great at him. But I'm a, I'm a big Randa fan. But she's, been, she's gifted me out of it. And she's not as friendly to me as Angela Hill. So that was said. And I think that was about it. Gutierrez and McDonald's. Uh, McDonald's is the one whose brother killed himself. So he wins, he loses. He loses and you're depressed. I don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need the negativity in my life. Jordan Espinosa, Eric Shelton, who cares? Sorry, didn't care before, don't care now. And that was it. Saw all the fights. So the point that I was trying to make, uh, those of you who listen this long, 
about um, tomorrow. Tomorrow, I I'm going to go into it now, whatever. Tomorrow, you will have the end of the first season of Ozzy Confidential. It's an interview, interview with Amy Bond, a nice Mormon girl from the military family who came out to California and got work on Judge Judy and TV shows, burgeoning career as an actress before she decided to go into pornography as a virgin. She lost her virginity actually on film to Ed Powers. It's shocking and slightly nauseating, but it's one of the greatest fucking interviews I've ever done. It's on Ozzy Confidential tomorrow, if you don't have Himalaya. Now Himalaya sponsors Ozzy Confidential. It's an app. It's a huge app, it's got another name in China, and they decided to call it Himalaya for the States. And it allows them, if you download it via Himalaya, you get it a day early. Get on your phone, you can listen, and they're using podcasters, signing deals with podcasters, to increase their presence in America. I'm not gonna talk shit about Himalaya, so if you're expecting that, that's not gonna happen. However, there are multiple ways to see Ozzy Confidential. You can, you can go to YouTube, you can go to Stitcher, you can go to iTunes. There are any RSS feed, any number of different ways for you to see Ozzy, to, to listen to Ozzy Confidential, SoundCloud. Which means if you listen to it via YouTube, you're not likely to go to Himalaya, but Himalaya sponsors it. So Himalaya comes to us, not me, and says, ah, the numbers, we're kind of plateaued on it. Well, I don't know that. The num what they're saying is the numbers have plateaued on Himalaya. I mean, I've tried through the show to get you to listen to the Himalaya version. But I, you know, I'm not going to look over your shoulders and make your hand. You don't want to do it. You don't want to do it. You get it YouTube. So at the same time, the first five or six I did with my dude in the studio, a friend of mine who's got a studio up in San Francisco. So we spent a lot of time on it because nobody expected anything. So now we're doing the seasons, but I'm paranoid as fuck. That when they say, we're going to break, we're going to do the first season, put some more in the bank. And then we'll start in the second season. I'm still a little paranoid. I got that Hollywood paranoia that there won't, God damn it, that there won't be a second season. Because all of all of the listenership is broken up between all these different ways to get it. There's no single repository where people can look like a Nielsen where you can look at it and go, oh, it's like, it's not, well, you're huge at YouTube, but you suck it. They don't, they don't care. They want it to be big all across, they want it to be out maxed out all across the line. So I want to run Amy Bond back to back with, with Mr. Marcus. They're fucking both great interviews. The female side of pornography and the male side of pornography. And what's great about this sandwiching deal is that the female side of pornography is unexpectedly, I'll just give you a small quote, Amy Bond says, this was one of the best things I've ever done in my entire life and I miss it grievously. Compared to Mr. Marcus, you would expect a guy to have a great time with it has caused him no end of trouble. So it's a great one-two punch, but they're going to separate them. Mr. Marcus is supposed to lead off season two. Amy Bond ends season one. The desires for me to get uh, a few more celebrities in there, celebrities who have secrets. So I'm going to call my friend Billy Bob Thornton, see if we can get him to come on. But I don't like breaking up the seasons like that. I don't like it. The degree to which you're happy is the degree to which you have agency over what you do and who you are. So that's what put me in an irksome mood. That's it. I'm shouldering my burden without complaint. I'm just giving you a window into, into it. If you, are, if you are interested at all, I got three pieces going tomorrow. I got a, a need-to-know newsmaker on Arlen Hamilton, the woman who was homeless, and then started a venture capital a group. I got the sex column. Sexy Monday, and I have the Amy Bond version of Ozzy Confidential. Those are all at 9.30 tonight, Western uh, uh, Pacific Standard Time, will all go live if you go to ozzy.com.
but unless you want me to come and live with you like i said before ozzy confidential is the single most important professional thing i got going right now if it does poorly i do poorly if i do poorly i come live with you because if you listen this far to the end of the show you've got some appreciation for the fucking cut of the jib anyway on the eugene s robinson show stomper you should uh subscribe go up until the top right there's a little ding a dong a bell click on it and let you know about other stuff i'm going to put the jjb on as soon as i finish with this show the jjb goes up live it love it enjoy it set this is a uh uh henzo gracie thing you'll learn something from it deep deep dive in the jiu-jitsu finery in any case to sum up ufc fight night 148 unexpectedly good for all the right reasons the shit that's happening happening on a macro level shit that's happening on the micro level every time i'm asking people in the know like john nash kid Nate, other folks sports folks i know who this is good for it's good for the organization uh, i'm being harassed here uh hold on Jesus Christ. God. God. Uh, shoulder your burden without complaint. Um, so um, uh, interesting things have ESPN plus feather in the cap for the sport and therefore for the fan. For the fighter, there's a big question mark, a big query mark for that. We will see what we will see. But right now, the bar of entry is so low. I can't think of a single fight I don't that I will not be watching. Even if the, the like I think Nash had one care on this UFC coming up this next this next weekend. One. But you know where I'll be? Watching it. Cause it's easy. Can watch it anywhere. Anyway, go to patreon.com slash the stomper. Donate if you can. Or go to the little bell, sign up for the Eugene S. Robinson Show Stomper fucking channel so you can get shit like the jjb which is coming up next on tuesday at 7 30 about if i did it with me alexi kid Nate, followed by if the shoes fit that afternoon or wednesday morning steph will go live with the care don't care preview with john nash and steph all of us together and that's the week Sunday night at 9.30 in about an hour, you have it all. You got the newsmaker piece on Alan Hamilton, Arlen Hamilton, sorry. You have the sex column, and you have the new Ozzy Confidential on Amy Bond. That wasn't her porn name. You want to know her porn name? You got to listen to the podcast. If you wanted to do it on Himalaya, it might help. I'm just saying. Anyway, that's the show. We'll see you next week. God willing. Take care of yourselves. Be careful. Look what you made me do!